Welcome to the Cincy Postcast. I'm your host, Kevin Wallace, and we have a fun episode lined up for you. We've got FCC headlines to start off your week about that Philadelphia match. We also have Jonah here to talk a little bit about what it was everybody saw at Washington Park exactly over the weekend there. We also had an open cup draw that pitted Louisville back up against FC Cincinnati. Is Mosquera worth a DP contract if we could get him on? And so much more on this episode of the Sensi Postcast. Joining me to talk about the undefeated Queen City Soccer Club that is FC Cincinnati. We've got Grayson, we've got Chief, and we have Jonah with FCC Headlines. But um, Jonah, that's not all you brought this weekend to the FCC faithful, is it? (laughs) (laughs) No, I also brought my passion. No, uh, with the help of, I mean, don't sell your, every one of you have played a part in this. (laughs) People, names, faces you might never know, but helped bring Opie, the newest, (laughs) latest, greatest Cincinnati mascot to the forefront. Um, Sorry, kids, it's not Gary. As much as you want it to be Gary, it's something much different. Uh, I do resent Pat Brennan referring to him as... uh, what do you Times Square? Times Square Gary. Yeah, Times yeah. Square yeah. Gary. Because he's not trying to be Gary. He's his own. It's not an imposter. I think a lot. That's where I wanted to get things clear. Yeah. Opie's not an imposter. He's he's a whole different character. He's a whole part of the extended <laughs> universe. And uh, hopefully, it's not the last. Just we a, saw of him. Just a completely different mood than Gary yeah. brings yeah. to the con- to the to the vibes to the conversation to the zeitgeist. It's not the same thing. It's not trying to be the same thing. Yeah, and I was amazed at how many people. Uh, I was so happy to, f- you know, fill in for uh, our well-traveled co-hosts here the other week. But that really, my tease of Opie really stuck in the heads of. <laughs> I'll just say the, the entire city. <laughs> uh, it sounds like everyone, I, including I got, the clubs, preparing for I, the worst. I, Go I ahead, got Chief. an uncomfortable number of text messages and phone calls asking me what I knew. <laughs> about the tease from the postcast last week. <laughs> I I think it needs to be said again, and it's sad that it does, but I think it does. We are fans of the team. Like we are not here to to hurt the team or to damage the team in any way. I know there were concerns about what was going to happen at Washington Park, but like it was never going to be bad. It's, trust yeah. us, we're good. We're good. <laughs> and you know, we did get some uh some coverage outside of uh outside of the market oh um, oh yeah i i saw this one in broadwayworld.com oh it's a fancy fa- fandom of the oak era mysterious new angel of fuzik draws in wandering children like a magical lasso <laughs> damn <laughs> the costume designers loved it 100 <laughs> percent true also uh yeah i mean if you're if you're someone with ill intent towards 
young people a mascot was it just draws them in and i don't have ill intent and i'm uh, not me whoever's in the costume like opie's whole thing if you, anyone hasn't seen or they will see is you know he doesn't he he doesn't want the photos he's just he doesn't he's not even sure why he's there but he is there so he's not trying it's it's he's, it's weird to say he doesn't want the attention you know a mascot yeah. but uh he no, just wants a prescription for Zoloft, apparently, based on the looks of things. Yeah. <laughs> he's he's a a sad mascot. He's going a, through the motions. Yeah, he's a former gifted kid with imposter syndrome. <laughs> who, uh, Receding hairline. <laughs> the the balding really should have been an indicator to the many parents that were ready to send their children up to Opie. Go get a picture. Uh, like no. It's I want to be clear. Happening. There's no likelihood of confusion <laughs> between between yeah. Opie and and Gary. I just want to make that perfectly clear as a factual. <laughs> yes. You, yes. And that and that if anyone is listening to this, um, Opie is intended to be a parody of mascots name, generally. Mascots yes. generally, and any <laughs> resemblance to any mascot, living or dead, is completely coincidental. <laughs> there's, there's no Opie merch you can buy with that figure on it right now. Everything is above Yet. board. Yeah, right. exactly. any, any resemblance is either purely coincidental or only using so much of the likeness as is necessary to further the parody. <laughs> yes, that that is exactly how Jonah drew it up. <laughs> One or the o- other. O- o- Opie, Opie may be clinically depressed, but Opie really, really did consult with his attorney prior to heading out in public. <laughs> I love also, the idea that his existence is a threat. Just being <laughs> yeah. being around just ways to his, his sadness. <laughs> it's, it's like KLR was a threat to really nobody, but somehow people <laughs> took it as a threat. Yeah, it does. I will admit he feels like FCC. What should we say? 2.0 kind of creation. Like when Mm. we're in the depths of hell, an Opie appeared. It does make, you know, now that we're like leading the supporter shield, Opie is a weirder (laughs) vibe. But I think that just kind of adds to the. He just has a little bit of OPTSD from from early. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. If you want joy, you got it. The Opie backstory is that Opie just still hasn't gotten over what happened over the past like three or four years. (laughs) He just he just like knee jerk instinctively starts screaming. It's only two spoons at people just when they approach. (laughs) He wakes up screaming that in the middle of the night. Two spoons. I uh, I still regret not going out and getting just a, a plastic grocery bag full of candy cigarettes to hand out to kids. <laughs> you still get candy cigarettes? I think so. Like the existence isn't illegal. <laughs> what a toy! Oh, I used to love them when it was really cold outside because then like you could see your breath. Yeah, and then you're you really, really, you're really living. <laughs> you're like I'm a real smoker. Uh, I have to on you know in front of everyone. I have to thank Kevin as my org Opie's. Wow, yeah, I got to learn about kayfabe like you guys. Um, Opie's handler. Yes. <laughs> Opie would not have been able to see. Uh, you know, if you're a clock, eleven o'clock one o'clock you're already you're already pushing it as far as visibility so (laughs) without kevin's shoulder it would have been a rough rough walk and uh to his cousin for taking some dynamic footage 
yeah um, getting to capture the faces so if you see this this uh this footage is a video on the knifey line radio youtube and a tweet tomorrow just watch watch it once then watch the second time and just watch the faces watch either the joy or the confusion or some annoyance there's some people are like fuck this <laughs> just you know like not not feeling it at all also i had no idea when i sat on that bench where i was sitting and it was like the booth that the team had set up yeah. They were passing out Gary, Gary's on sticks, like face masks. And I had no idea. And these, that guy just like kind of look at me in disgust and walk away. The FCC employee. So you that made it the all. credential on his belt. And it's like, oh, this is going to go one of two ways when Obi sits down right next to this booth. Yeah, exactly. No, Getting I do dragged wanna, off would have been great. Yeah. I do want to say thank you to my cousin, Damon, who, who did shoot that. He did not know he was going to be a part of this until basically <laughs> right before I picked him up. I sent him an absolutely without context photo of Jonah in, no, of Opie. <laughs> Just <laughs> testing <Yeah>. it. <laughs> of somebody in uh, in full Opie regalia. And uh, he just wrote back, what is this? This is what, we're, what we are doing before the game. I hope you're ready. <laughs> <laughs> do you and, think we uh, can you yeah. think opie can make it into the stadium that's the question i get asked a lot like oh is he did you go to the game like is he going to a game I'm like that's a whole mm. other ball yarn <laughs> i don't know if, if there's a way into the game it's the open cup right mm -hmm. it's clearly oh, yeah. the open ope the opie cup opie cup <laughs> yeah Ooh, the opie cup so we i would never also... do it for the opie cup no never we would never, never. just so no. people no. <laughs> anybody listening just be clear Nobody you could name would do that for the Open Cup, yeah. If, no. if we would never do that for the Open Cup, and we definitely wouldn't send Opie to sit right by the Loose City fans and make it really, really awkward for anyone that traveled <laughs> for the game. Right. Just also, sad that his tickets were over there by, the, by their fans. <laughs> so I, I showed a picture of, of Opie to a friend of mine I was hanging out with before the game just to see what his reaction would be because this guy's like, not tuned in to like he doesn't know about this podcast <laughs> he's he not tuned into like anything that, that's to his benefit he was yeah. just like he, he's gonna work on like the hair there and i was like <laughs> i'm not gonna try to explain i'm not gonna i'm not gonna i just this. ran out in a perfectly balding pattern <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah he does need to work on that it's a mascot <laughs> mascot pattern baldness yeah i i was able to kevin i I, I, uh, Opie went home, you know, the March walks by Opie yeah. went home and unrelated. I was able to take a shower and come back and make kickoff. That wow. time. So it's, it's very strange feeling like being in the shower knowing like everyone else is walking the stadium right now, but I'm like, somehow we're never late. I'm like, I just know it'll work out again. And we walk in right at kickoff. I was like, <laughs> fuck yeah, that's how we do it. And that is impressive. No one would ever know that I, that someone I know was the man behind it, but, uh, Thanks yeah. for all the high fives, people. Uh, it's not the you last you've seen of them. Made it through ten minutes of that and don't know what we're talking about. Go check <laughs> Knifey Lion Radio's Twitter account. Uh, there ought to be videos, clips, photos. You'll see the post will be sharing them as well. But in go. the inter and in the interim, if you want to book Opie for your birthday party or social gathering, <laughs> please send the post a DM and we will make sure that Opie's handlers address it in whatever proper manner it needs to be addressed in. <laughs> Absolutely. This won't be the last of them, FCC. <laughs> I got some crazy fucking shit planned for the next episode. <laughs> Opie's bad now. 
Uh, if we wanted to keep those lines of communication with the uh, the club open, that's how we do it right there. You better oh fucking let God. me in. Uh, is it uh, Opie at the gates being denied entry to the stadium and then sadly walking away? Free, free Opie, man. I did. I did really like the image of uh, a hypothetical police escorting Opie away from the park. I don't know what would have led to that, but would have really enjoyed that imagery. Passing out candy to kids probably would have facilitated that happening real quick. We should probably Questions. get some like AI images done of like Opie like being arrested, Opie like running from the police. Uh, this this would be just sounds perfect like perfect opportunity I'd... for Pat Brennan to jump on. I'm like, I have some tips for that. <laughs> <laughs> Put his head on <laughs> on Pat's uh... body from that infamous clip. <laughs> <laughs> now we just need a uh, Opie children's book. I think that's where this is obviously <laughs> leading to. Um, Opie goes it's... out to get some cigarettes. <laughs> Opie's Opie, like staying in a motel. It's like William H Macy in Fargo. He's in like a white T-shirt and his like tiny whiteies just getting like arrested on the shitty motel bed, <laughs> trying to crawl out the window. It's like Opie is late for his court hearing. <laughs> oh, Kevin, the only the only moment I saw your your cousin a bit concerned is when I was dropping you guys off and I was, I was we were stuck like at that corner of Central and. What's that street? The uh, big, the big corner. Liberty. Oh, Ezra Charles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, I was like, I was driving, and I was like, I try, I tried to get the helmet on because we were stuck at the lights so long. Oh, I was gonna, yeah. like honk and look out the window at people, and he was like, I don't know if that'd be a good. Idea. I was like, I'm not actually gonna drive with it on, but uh, I might have had to had it come to that. But uh, that would have been pretty good. And we were oh. driving. I, I saw. Uh, Queen City Press Zone, Laurel Failer walking to yes. the game. I was like, that would have been great if I could get the helmet on then. Just be like, eh, eh. <laughs> just, just confuse the hell out of her. That reminds me, we narrowly avoided a coworker of mine. And I don't know when I was with you being full-time handler, I don't know how I would have explained what was going on at work. <laughs> oh, oh, I also God. told you guys I was leaving the house. I'm in the... F- Someone, okay, it's me in the full outfit minus the helmet, and I nearly got sideswiped at the first yeah. light, and it was very close. And I was like, not fearing for my safety, but like having to get out of the car in my furry <laughs> get up and like that head in the riding shotgun and like have to exchange information. I think you I might have just peeled off. Head, man. Yeah, I might have. Should we talk about this game? Sorry, I guess. Uh- <laughs> What, people didn't tune in for 20 minutes of OP content at the start of this. I mean, the games aren't given too much. So if we want to be honest about it, it's like the same story every week. Yeah, I was going to say the pregame might have been more exciting than this game. Um, I mean, we were certainly on the front foot. But Jonah, did you, uh, did you catch any uh, headlines about our uh, our latest match? Well, yeah, of course. I saw this one in... Uh you know, some Christian rag. I don't know what it's called on this day of days <laughs> as we're recording, but he has risen. Ted Uncle summons teams back on Easter Sunday to retake PK after noticing <laughs> box infringement. Better late than never, Ted Uncle. I appreciate getting the call right, however long it takes. Yeah. I saw I saw one about that about that penalty as well. Uh, this one comes from uh, Broadway World. Dot com. <laughs> well, again? <laughs> uh, Shamilton. 
Referee throws away Brenner's shot, goes straight to VAR, saying, I'm not willing to wait for it. Well, it's funny. I also was reading about this, um, not in the Broadway today. This was in uh, the Psychology Today. Um, it's going to take therapy to get over this one. Uncle fucks Brenner, disallowing goal from, in favor Jesus. of Lucho PK. <laughs> Oh my god. Grayson's eyebrows told the tale on that one. He really he wasn't ready for Uncle Fuxin. <laughs> I, I was not ready. Happy Easter. <laughs> no, my, my big takeaway from this was A, um that was the latest oh, we actually have to go back and call this a penalty. Like I watching that in real time, I was like, surely we're gonna get fucked out of this. Yeah. But and it took too long. And the other thing too is how mad is Brenner? That he's oh. desperately trying to get to Europe and they they take one of his goals off the board so Lucho can step up and take the PK goal instead. <laughs> you know, I had a thought about that. I it is absolutely like the fifth, tenth most important thing here. But kind of shitty Lucho took the penalty, right? Like I feel like giving Brenner the penalty is the move considering he scored. I don't know. It kind of felt like a dick move at the time to not give him the chance. I think if, if Lucho is your penalty taker, then you just let him take it because you want to, you want the highest chance to yeah. get a goal there. But um, I, I've never been a fan of Lucho's penalties. <laughs> so like, I don't really know why he takes them right in the, in the, in the first place. Um, uh, going back to the whistle. I, I rewatched yeah. a couple times and you can hear him blow the, blow the whistle like very, very faintly right as Brenner is kicking the ball. Yeah. Which like is so word. I can't say on this, <laughs> on this because so the, the explanation, the explanation after the fact, was Uncle thought that after the Barreal shot, was, it would have yeah. been, it would have been too late to go back and review and award the penalty, which isn't true. That's a straight up lie. Um, if you go, if, so MLS when they released VAR, um, they issued, they they published an FAQ, and one of the questions is. How much time can pass before an incident is no longer reviewable? And the answer is the head referee can go back to review any incident that happens between stoppages and play. Period. And right. uh, if you look at the IFAB uh, uh, video assistant referee like, protocol, it just says you're supposed to let the play keep going um, until there's either a stoppage or um, the ball is in a neutral position where neither team is attacking uh, is in an attacking position and you can stop and go back and review the play there I've not seen a single rule that said that he could not have waited until the ball was out of Philly's box to then initiate um, review the only, the only limitation they've seen is if you've um, you can't review a play after the next stoppage. So if there's a stoppage and then play resumes, anything that happened before that stoppage is, is unreviewable. But I haven't, I don't, I've, I've seen them go back and like, look at plays. Yeah. What feels like much longer. I just think it's very clear 
that uncle fucked up that he got a little whistle happy and um they were trying to run damage control for him after the fact but like that could have got really bad because there was nothing wrong with the play from our perspective and i know a penalty is like a 0.7 xg but a goal that's already scored is a (laughs) 1.0 xg right and um not to like go on too long on this but like if he goes back and says no uh blake got the ball first we 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 don't we don't get the penalty and we don't get the goal yeah you know because they did check the penalty to see if it was really a penalty and there's no it, doubt in my mind that last year's fc cincinnati doesn't get that call that way it gets overturned last season like it's it's pretty match fixing right uh, if you give you get down to it it's it's frustrating that <laughs> We're upset that we got a penalty called. Like, what a weird Twilight Zone <laughs> <laughs> problem to have. The one thing I will give to Uncle, if if I could, the most charitable reading of the situation from his perspective is he plays advantage until that first shot is blocked and then calls it for a penalty. So he was trying to, I, I assume, trying to get it before the rebound happens which would have been an advantage to FCC if Brenner misses. So I think that's what he was trying to do. He's trying to do it because if you let Brenner take that shot and he misses, that's two shots you gave on advantage instead of a penalty. If that's not a goal in two shots, I don't know if you can go back and then award the penalty. You're giving FCC three chances to score the same goal. Well, even if the referee can't bark. Okay. Like, yeah, nothing, that's what it seems stop, like. Yeah, nothing stops VAR from looking at it. Right, right. That's a good point. See, this is where VAR complicates things. So yeah, like he, like almost like he was should he would be afraid to stop it. But then if once the play's dead, they would go back. Right. Like he can't do it, but they can. I mean, yeah, it all worked out in the end. But it was like, especially where I sit, there's a lot of like fifties uh, and sixty year old men and women who are confused by everything and like just was <laughs> like, well, we scored. I'm like, oh. Nope, we're adapted to the penalty. It's just like brains were just breaking everywhere. I mean, mine was too because I didn't. Yeah, you couldn't hear the whistle. I, you don't. Philly didn't stop playing. No, no, no one did. Nobody no. on Philly thought that there was a call being made. He had to get out of jail weird. card. He could have just said it was a goal, and like because no one was like arguing with it. But I like he knew he blew the whistle, so he's like, all right, I gotta go through with this. But <laughs> right. yeah, if Lucho misses that, people are just yeah. like. But I feel like it's like that inadvertent whistle that happened. Uh, between the Bengals and, and Raiders last year. Yes, yes. It would have been unjust to, like, take that play away from the because the right. referee fucked up. I mean, nobody stopped playing. It was fine. Yeah. You know, you want to have goals from run, run of play. You want to have good and cool plays standing. You don't want to become just mucked down in procedural nonsense because your incompetent referees can't do anything. Yeah. Uh, Funny little side effect of all that happening. The highlight of that penalty is very weird because usually when a penalty is awarded, super obvious what the foul is, but like they can't stop it early because the the play just keeps going. It's a very weird situation. A lot of people thought it was a handball, too. Yeah. Oh, and the uh, MLS wrap up show Mm. doesn't acknowledge it. Of course. At all. Why would they? They say like they show the foul. They show Brenner's goal. And they just say, but that goal wouldn't stand. Then they cut and go to the penalty. Like, 
They don't right. like even really explain. They don't explain like why yeah, Brenner's goal didn't count. The goal they doesn't stand. It. The goal doesn't stand because they had called a penalty beforehand. It wasn't like, oh, they disallowed that because he was offside or something like that. Right. <laughs> right. Uh, also, Christina Uncle paid on-air personality for MLS, uh, Ted Uncle's wife. So <laughs> probably not going to shit on the wife of a, uh, or the husband of a uh, co-host there. So. Who's the other yeah. guy on the wrap-up show who's not Weeby? I don't know his name. He's a Premier League player. I like the last wrap-up episode he called uh we be an undercover fcc hater or something i said yeah <laughs> I, I don't care if this is a bit i was into it i was like yeah fucking drag him he's like oh i guess it's make fun of Weeby every week i'm like yeah you're fucking goddamn right it is <laughs> get his ass but also uh, related this you know he was in a sling after this was in the new england journal of medicine Ooh. Arm you glad I still scored. Lucha reveals dislocation came from particularly violent double paisan hand gesture towards Ted Uncle after earlier missed call. So guys, it wasn't the flip. <laughs> I don't know how else to describe the thing with the fingers. You know, that he's always the I don't know, the Argentinian please. What do you what do you call that? Yeah. I'm calling it the double paisan. So he was doing that so hard, that's how he dislocated his, the, um, his shoulder. Inarticulate Italian noises meme. <laughs> yeah. Hey, that's not a, that was a foul. Uh, I don't know what you call that in Argentina, but if you're at home listening or in the car, take your hands off the wheel and do the double finger finger thing and you know you know what I'm talking about. The Lucho plead. He's, as he's wont to do. I mean, yeah. was I the only person that had, when I was playing youth soccer, if there was multiple times during the course of my youth playing days where the best player on the team had some sort of an arm injury, and they still let him play because oh, yeah. guy in a full sling or in a cast, you don't use your hands in this sport, but get out there and win us a game. <laughs> Wasn't it like you couldn't play in a hard cast, you could play in a soft cast? Yeah. Yes. I missed a playoff game for a hard cast, and it was one of the saddest oh. moments of my sixth grade life <laughs> after my brother <laughs> broke my thumb. So Oof. I've forgotten all about it. But yeah, I mean, get out there. Am I the only one? Is <laughs> it's like one to two weeks? Like, what the? F is he taking throw ins now? <laughs> the only time he's putting the ball in the spot. Otherwise, I think he's good to go. We, yeah. Lucho missed the first two matches of 21 because of, a, because of an arm injury. That's that right. Happened maybe because he had gone out in New York City it's the night before the fir ma first match, had a few a little too much to drink and like trip. But maybe, <laughs> maybe I forgot about that. I don't think it would take much for Lucho to get over his skis in terms of alcohol consumption. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to go half of what the rest of his teammates are doing. Yeah, <laughs> that's a that's hey, a good you point. Don't, you is... don't need arms to nutmeg. I'm just saying that <laughs> you need arms. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jonah, what else did you find for us there? That's why Deplon's right arm is so fucking huge. Um, what else do we got? I don't know if you guys saw this in um, Pat Brennan's latest Insane Choir. They're having a mid off. Pinto and Angelo battle for midfield mediocrity as Kubo's stature continues to rise. No. A, you ever seen that meme? Those two women? <laughs> mid off. Yeah, uh, I actually thought Pinto was pretty good, but <laughs> it didn't work from my headline. So I, actually, uh, I, I thought Angulo was better this week than he was last week. That's not saying much. So I thought he was pretty awful last week. Um, he, he had a bad Pinto, giveaway. Yeah, yeah Pinto clearly, Pinto clearly looks better. Am I 
wrong in this, that the team just looked better as soon as Pinto came in. And Gulo's problem is that every pass he plays is at like 75% of how hard he needs to hit the B button in order to get it there. <laughs> yes. Uh, that's exactly what I was thinking. It doesn't help to, for the comparison that like, Pinto's first touch was starting a counterattack. Like, I yeah, feel like if it was yeah. anything else, <laughs> the impression probably would have been different. But, but yeah, he, he came in and immediately we sprung an attack with three strikers on the field. It's like, well, yeah, here we go. A, get ready for a midfield next week of uh, Angulo, Moreno, and Pinto. Look out, world. Oh, boy. <laughs> I, I Johnny do Nelson think just all- pissed himself. I do wonder if we don't target Angulo with our a little extra ire just because it's so obvious. Like he's the most obvious player on the field with like his body build and also that hair. Just yes. the, the flowing locks over the top so that like when you see him playing, it's very ob- it's very obvious where he is, where he isn't and where he's going. So he's a much more noticeable figure than many of the other players on the team, which I think maybe we tend to pay more attention to him as a result. Yeah, I I said this earlier on the Discord, but like statistically, almost a perfect game. He had one inaccurate pass with 97% passing, 32 of 33, one dispossession, two for two accurate long balls, six passes into the final third, 40 touches, which is probably a little low for a midfielder, one for one on tackles, one ground duels, one, he, he got half of two of them, and he missed an aerial duel. I mean... I don't know what you want from a guy who's got damn near perfect passing and only got dispossessed once. Um, but yeah, you watch the game, Kevin. Don't I know? Don't but watch the game. I know that's the thing. I can't square these two things because, like, yeah, if you're looking at the the back of the card, he's great. But yeah, in the game, it's clear he is dragging it down. Not to the point where we can't compete with him there, but he's clearly he's dragging it down somehow. Yeah, but if you, if you, it seems like based on you know how he read the stats versus like watching the game that if you play a pass, that's a bad pass, but it gets to the, it gets to the target. Yeah. And the guy like loses the ball right away because you passed it into a terrible position. That's a completed pass. by you. Right. Right. And then your, your involvement with the statistics of that play are just are over. Yeah. Even though like you fucked it up. Oh, now you can now you can go challenge the guy who just stole the ball off your teammate and pad your stats some more, right? Yeah, so yeah, yeah. <laughs> the ball also seems to get stuck under his feet a lot. Where you're like, all right, here comes something, and he's kind of like, ah, oh, Jesus. But uh, I still like I was telling my wife the whole time I was like, I don't know, I just trust his hair. Like he's gonna come through, <laughs> it's gonna click. And like I said two weeks ago, like he's missing passes that I know he was hitting. I'm sure when he was still in Ecuador. It's not like there's nothing MLS specific about him screwing up and except, I don't know, like some of the passes that are, he's not putting enough juice on, but otherwise I'm like, this is like kind of basic stuff that I'm sure we did our due diligence that he can do. Then hopefully <laughs> it'll just, he'll have the one game where it, where it clicks for him. He has fast, he has fast hair. When, when you look at him, his hair makes him seem faster than he really is. Uh, That's true. I think he plays a high difficulty position for a young player and we expect him to do a lot of things and be very, very influential. So his mistakes stand out more. And I think we, I think we talked about this before the season. Yeah, Uh, we did. 
you have to just accept some growing pains with these with these young guys and just hope like by the end of the season he's you know a steady member of the starting 11 or you know a very reliable sub we also have sort of raised the the basement on this team to the point where it's Angulo's performance in the game last night would have made him one of the best two or three players on the field in 2019 or 2020. I mean, the standard has gotten higher around uh, Angulo and players like him to where it's like, yeah, we're nitpicking his game and we're nitpicking like that. Oh, he didn't look great, but he still gave a competent shift. He didn't do anything that cost him a game. He didn't like do anything that was horrendous or shit all over himself on the field. It was mostly fine. Um, yeah. Just that I think Pinto came in and looked better, but he's still, if this is the baseline for Angulo, that it gets better from here, he's already starting at a better place than most of our roster has been for the past two or three years. And think about how between him and Pinto, it feels like when, Obi and Kubo are finally healthy, um, which I'm going to, which I assume is going to happen. Um, <laughs> Someday. There's going to be real, there's going to be real midfield depth. It's a great point. Yeah. I mean, he's not Obi, you know, and he's not Junior Moreno, who is a full Venezuelan international with years of MLS experience. He's still 20 years old, only his head. But if you put that hair on Junior Moreno, oh, now we're talking. What are we saying? Is he better or is he worse? Because we're noticing him more. The problem is you can't have that hair and also tuck your jersey into your shorts. It just that's a look that doesn't work. If you got that hair, the jersey's got to be flowing I'm, free. I'll Photoshop it on Ray Gaddis as soon as this is over. Okay. <laughs> just try it out. See how it looks. <laughs> uh, but speaking of baseline performances by uh, newer players, this is in the New York Times. Asking the tough questions, FC fans debate who's better, mascara or God. Trick question. Mascara is God, of course. <laughs> <laughs> the world's favorite player. He, he got almost little, got a little got adventurous it. in this game. Oh, um, oh, the stepovers and the twisting and the dancing. And the, <laughs> what really an angel. Himself. What an absolute really, angel. Really feeling himself. I could actually hear Jonah from my perch across the field yelling, styling on him. <laughs> <laughs> it was glorious. And it was the way they were set up. It was like. I I, th I said, I was like, we basically need a center back to be like, all right, fuck it. I'm going to, they're playing so deep. You need someone to go forward. And then all of a sudden he's like up there and I'm like, fucking shoot, dude, like do whatever the <laughs> hell you want. And then like, I, I think he got fouled. Did I like, did. I haven't I zoomed I think in. He took his plant foot out. Yeah. And that it, fucking announcer lady who I think, was she a Philly announcer? She has been a, she's based in Philly. And I think she's done like, fill-in mm. announcing for, for a Philly Union on TV in the past. See, we're getting it's fucked. Like their main announcement. We're getting fucked yeah. if they didn't hire Tommy G so that some yeah. other fan base has to put up with the fact yeah. that he's more based and more in every week. <laughs> yeah, it seems like it's adding up. Now we have like, uh, what should I call her? Um, like Brandy Lapham. That's what I'm going to call her instead of Brad Lapham. <laughs> no, <laughs> Brad, I just com I combined Brad Johansson and uh, Dave Lapham. <laughs> and Dave Lapham. Uh, Brad Lapham. And he's not even, 
Brad Trance is not even fucking on it anymore. Uh, Davina Lapham. But yeah, on the replay, she's like, oh, nothing in it at all. And I was like, the way he fell, like, he hams it up, no doubt about it. He fucking sells it. But like, he went down like a sack of potatoes and he didn't want to end his run right there. Right. Like, he was in the middle of the greatest moment of his FCC life. And he's not, he's just going to fucking fall. No. So there had to be something there. And the way he pounded the ground, again, yeah. I know I'm buying into the theatrics, but. I don't think he slams his fist on the ground if it's a dive, personally. On the positive side, if he had completed that run, I mean, Wolves are calling to send him down. (laughs) If he completes that run and scores, the jet is already at Lunkin, waiting to take him back across the Atlantic. (laughs) Speaking of Wolves, somebody on, on, I think it was CST, said, like, we, we should be rooting for Wolves to go down. I'm not sure. Yeah. I feel like I feel like so I feel like if they go down, they're shedding expensive contracts and bringing in more marginal players because like they maybe they think he can help them in the championship. He wasn't brought in to be a championship player though. He was signed the year prior when they were yeah, like competing a, for Europe. Yeah, but he was a seven million dollar signing. Like that's not a signing. Like you don't yeah. need like if Wolves don't need like the three million dollars we're going to give them from a scarce contract if they go down they need to shed guys who were like 30 40 50 million dollars the one thing though i was thinking a lot of teams do this arsenal has famously included this in every contract they've ever signed despite i don't think having ever been relegated in the last 50 years um a lot of these teams have like a poison pill that if they're relegated, the the contract is null and void or the player can walk away freely. So there, there may be some language to get him out of that contract, but that doesn't mean he's going to stay here. He's going to yeah. go no. sign with Norwich or whoever else is going back up. So he, he needs to <laughs> yeah. go. He needs to leave <laughs> for me, hopefully after this season. But yeah, it just at, when, mascara is a player that I'm desperately attempting not to get attached to. <laughs> because it's going to make saying goodbye so much harder. <laughs> yeah. Kevin, what was your stat about like the duels? Cause now I'm watching every header. I know I told my wife, I was like, watch, he'll never, he'll never lose a header duel ever. <laughs> ever. <laughs> it doesn't happen. He's like, he's batting like a thousand on these headed duels. Aerial duels, seven for seven for years of Mascara. Yeah. How about that? I mean, I think the defense has the advantage on like the long balls like that. Like Haglund and Miaska, who's kind of goes unsung because he's not Mascara, but he's like either commanding just by looking like he is, by screaming at everyone, or he's actually like commanding everyone. Like he's got to get a lot of the credit and he's winning all those too. But like Mascara is like, there's no doubt. He's jumping two feet higher than you. He's coming down with everything and it's it's a beautiful sight again. Miaska also was really good. Yeah, he was four for five on aerial duels just to complete the uh, thing. Oh, what the Nick Haglin, (laughs) Nick Haglin, six of nine. Get it together. Worst percentage, but uh, pretty good overall. Challenge nine times. So So, uh, I I did see a headline about Nick Haglin's performance. Oh, this one's from uh, BroadwayWorld.com. Uh, <laughs> just you're just perusing the old Broadway world, huh? You know, expand your horizons a little bit. A little, uh, be a little more well. Wait a second. Is there a theme going on here? I'm starting. To... It's a nickelation of Matt dependence. Hagman relies on FC's cool conservative man passing to Miazga on to Philly's right, ever to the right, never to the left, forever to the right. 
That is a really deep cut that nobody will get. <laughs> Apparently, I need nope. to start watch, reading Broadway World. Uh, Don't reveal it. I'm sure our vast no, number of Broadway never. fans will. <laughs> One of the dozens of listeners, perhaps. Tweet it for a free um, Ope scarf. How many... Does, does the stats there, Kevin, say how many passes Hagman made to Miazga? I Is don't the have... Of 35? <laughs> I don't have a, uh, a passing map, unfortunately, on, uh, on the screen I have now. I will try to find one here. But... The, the crew around me, it was like... Let's say you're at a football game and they've, they've loaded the entire box. The entire defense is just loaded up on the run. And then... They they do a pass that goes incomplete, and the lady goes, "Why won't they run the ball?" I'm like, "Look, lady, there's fucking eighty people behind the ball right now. I want to just fucking ram it down their throats too." But you know, Philly's like, there's a bunch of no names in there, but their back line and their goalie's the same, and they're set up for this. They're just going to absorb the entire game, and obviously, I we controlled, and you could tell we had the better players. But it when teams are playing like that, it's pretty hard. Obviously, we got good players. It's hard to fucking break them down, and it can be annoying to watch MLS's backyard. And it was Philly's defensive starters, to be clear. Like, it yeah. was Glasnitz, it was Elliott, it was, you know, Rambizo, Blake. They, had, they still had Martinez and Flock in but there. I do appreciate Haglund's desire to, as soon as he gets the ball, I got to give it to the guy that's a little more talented than I am and let him take yeah. care of everything. Where it's like, there used to be this tag team in the... World Wrestling Federation uh, was a big guy and a little guy, Enzo and big cast. And somebody asked one time, what's Enzo's finishing move? And the answer was tag into big cast is the, <laughs> the answer for that. Get the better guy in the ring and let him finish everything off. He doesn't even uh, like look over at Arias. He doesn't no. like look at him one time. He's just like, all right, here you go, Matt. Uh, so here we have it. Uh... The Haglin to Miazga connection going both ways combined. 53 passes between the two of them. Uh, Haglin to Miazga 28 times compared to a mere 16 passes to Arius. So there you go. Were you Man. watching Kevin for Arius's crosses that we're a little critical of? We had a we had a nice break in the second half and Arius was on the right. And I was like, I don't know if he's getting this ball in there. I think it ended with like a corner maybe, but he didn't really yeah. get it in there. But the, um, you have to give Arius like credit. It. You have to give Arius credit for the pass to Lucha that led to the goal. Yeah, I mean, he he turns up and he finds him like really quickly to get it started. The, it's weird. Yeah. The the best cross though all weekend. I saw this as a headline in the uh, Christian Science Monitor. It's my passion. <laughs> Vasquez nails cross on Easter weekend. <laughs> it was Which very is, good. It was very good. It was the only thing he did all game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Who was it? Hoffenheim. Yeah. They're like, come on, buddy, just give <laughs> give us a little more juice, buddy. We're ready for you. Come on, just get something for you. <laughs> Floodgates are opening, right? I'm still, <laughs> I'm still the St. Louis game, baby. Let's shut those squeaky fans up, huh? Let's get. Are a we going goals. to lose Vasquez for this weird non FIFA uh, Mexico friendly? That's happening. Is he going to be out of game? I don't know exactly how that'll work. When's that? Um, I, it's the like later the, this month. The game's right? on the 18th. Okay. So he could play the 15th. And the 22nd. Yeah. Go join the national team. 
play the game on the 18th, come back, and then play the 27th. Okay, so we shouldn't lose him for anything, but... He, he did draw some fouls. I will give him credit on that. I think he set up at least one of those direct uh, those free kicks directly in front of a goal that we probably should have done better with. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess he's doing that, but I, I yeah, do. I would love to get ones. like a direct pipeline into Chris Albright's head as to what the level of panic is that he didn't pull the trigger selling Vasquez and Brenner this win this winter as they both continue to not score goals. (laughs) It's so annoying too, because Brenner had his goal taken away, but yeah, any more that five to $7 million offer from Chivas looks really reasonable. (laughs) And again, this is not said more goals taken away from than like anybody. Oh yeah. Last year and this year, yeah, he's probably lost. Yeah, he's probably lost like 10, 15 goals. Like, he had at least two taken away in that uh, NYCFC game. Just ridiculous. Um, Um, Yeah. We're talking about the U.S. national team. This was in um, USA Today. Paging U.S. soccer, Celentano continues to dominate as teams refuse to shoot at anywhere but the center of his body. (laughs) This man is simply a magnet for shots. Right into his bread basket. So congratulations, Roman. <laughs> One of these days, you're going to have to make another big save, and I'm going to be ready for it. What Is it just master positioning? He it's doesn't master need to positioning. make saves Absolutely. because he knows exactly where everybody's going to shoot. Yeah, That one that he caught right in his belly, that guy fucking ripped that. And that could have so easily deflected off of anybody, and that was a goal right there. So I well, there was, definitely There was that one, that. and then there was the uh, there was a headline about this one. No bueno! Jesus comes up empty-handed on Holy Weekend. Um, <laughs> Jesus Bueno, what a great name. And that should have been a goal. Uh, just ripped it right over the crossbar with absolutely nothing oh, but yeah. empty net in front of him. Jesus No Bastante Bueno. <laughs> That's his full name? Yeah. yeah. They sure. had uh, any time... <laughs> Like their number 30 and 40 guys, like who I assume are not the regular players when they like broke forward, like it turned into a USL game real quick and everything kind of dropped off the cliff like they could get it from the back. And then I was like, okay, they don't have (laughs) anyone in to like really causing trouble. But like I said, we scored our goal once they put in a lot of the names, you know, so a lot of squad rotation talk, B team. I told you, we play up and down to our opponents. They bring the good guys in. like, all right, we got to race a little bit, and we get our goal. So that's what we do. I have a question, though, for you guys. Shoot. You saw or you heard Noonan read his quotes after the game, like, proud of this guy, tough fought win, great opponent. If this is anybody but Philly, are we getting angry Noonan again? Like, should have been better. <laughs> Like if we're playing Montreal, he's like, this isn't, you know, we, we got to be better. But like it's Philly. He's like, oh, we we somehow managed to pull it off against this juggernaut Philly. Like he's still like bowing to the altar of Philly. So it's a great yeah, win. Gas up Philly a little bit. This is my old team. It's my old buddy, um, my old buddy, Jim, where there was a headline I saw about uh, about him as well this weekend. This was in <laughs> this was in fashion week. I got a friend I want you to meet. But he's gone to until Sunday. Jim Curtin channels his inner youth pastor with match day fit. <laughs> nice. <laughs> uh, I saw another headline about Curtin as well. This one was in uh, broadwayworld.com. 
You don't say. Uh, <laughs> Jay Pierpont Curtin and his Brotherhood of Philly Men attempt to show how to succeed at soccer without really trying. At least I know the name of that one. <laughs> <laughs> I understood that reference. Uh, it is funny comparing Noonan's comments to uh, Philly Inquirer Jonathan Tannenwald's comments of, um, oh, yeah, we're allowed to celebrate this one, but really expected more out of us. Like, <laughs> yeah, I really oh, disappointed. Okay. <laughs> yeah, they should have gotten Sorry. four points last night. Right. <laughs> sorry, we haven't lost. I'm sorry, we're in first place. Is it? Car- I just Carly I, Lloyd should have bullied that guy a little harder. <laughs> I irrationally dislike Jim Curtin. Just the look of him bothers me. I don't know what it is. Like he just walking around on the sidelines wearing a hoodie with those stupid glasses and his stupid face. I just I don't like Jim <laughs> Curtin. Sorry. I don't oh want to get God. in more trouble, but he seems relevant to the point I made about like. 50 year old dudes like refusing to just be 50. 50. <laughs> <laughs> he looks like um like a kid from a movie like then like they find the grown up version I don't know I could just see him as like a kid in the sandlot and like here he is now <laughs> it's like oh that's weird like he's got some, something distinctive about him that has that quality or like child actor face or like, yeah. he's a he's an adult that goes to a kids performance concert without his kids where it's like no I just really appreciate Jojo's music like some shit like that <laughs> right Hal Sparks had a joke about like going to a Britney Spears concert by himself <laughs> It's pretty funny. <laughs> Look it up. I'm not gonna... <laughs> Look it up. <laughs> you Google it, asshole. It's copyright. Cincinnati comedian. This whole part's getting clipped. FCC podcast rips on Curtin's appearance. Disgraceful. Curtin, Curtin also is like, like to be serious. Like Curtin's example of just, just because something is cool or is like fashionable, doesn't mean it's for you. Like, part of having a good sense of fashion is being able to understand, like, how to dress for yourself. Right. Like, not just like, oh, that's cool. Like, oh, that's cool for me. Me being a six foot two, pale, ginger, 15 year old man. You're wearing high top Air Force Ones right now. Yes. (laughs) Not for nothing. Philly's outside of the playoff spots right now. Um, I understand that they have CONCACAF Champions League, but could we maybe stop pretending that they're a juggernaut when their whole thing is supposed to be that their youth is able to carry them to titles? And even if they are heavily rotating, they've won one game in the last five and have lost three. Like, I don't I'm happy know. to shit on them. Yeah, I'll, I like, I'll, I'll I mean, join in. Yeah, let's when go. do you lose juggernaut <laughs> status? Because... I I don't think they deserve it. Well, it's, it's ties in a little bit to the. So after every one of these FC Cincinnati games, they keep saying, oh, they haven't even played their best soccer yet. And at a certain point, you have to say, have we? Right. Is the, we keep assuming there's another gear like, oh, the <laughs> offense is going to get this going. Is it at this point? Because It'd be funny if it didn't. <laughs> That'd be pretty funny. Like after our thirtieth one zero win, like man, all right, I guess this is what it is. But right. yeah, you'll take it as long as the wins are coming, especially because we dropped so many points last year. It's pretty yeah. crazy that now we're like 
fucking locked in and know how to waste the end of games. It's just, it's definitely like watching a whole new. Looks like whole I new dealt team. with this. I dealt with this all last year watching the Buccaneers, where it was you know Tom Brady is the quarterback, and every week you're like, oh, this is the week they put it all together. Here it comes right there. It's like no, they averaged like 15 points a game, and it was terrible, and it just never got better. And I don't think I'm there yet with this team, but if we're 10 matches in with a goal difference of, you know, whatever of 10 or eight or whatever it is, but winning one nil games at a certain point, that just is, is who you are. You are who you are. You are what the back of your baseball card says you are. You are what your score lines say you are. And it's, it's same thing with Philly. It's at some point, just the, the, the numbers don't lie. I, uh, I brought this up before. I don't know if I did it on the podcast, so I'll make sure I get this point out. Uh, New England Revolution won the Supporters' Shield doing exactly this like two years ago. They, I, I went and looked at it. They only won three or four games by more than one goal, and they set the all-time MLS points record that season. Just a whole bunch of two-to-one, one-nothing wins, and it was just enough. Then they sold half the team to Europe, and uh, I guess now they've finally reloaded. Last year was a bad year for them. Um, they lost to New York, I think, on penalties in the playoffs that year. Kind of a tough break. But they were really good, but just barely beat everybody. Um, so if that's if that's the blueprint we're following, that's fine. I, I will take this all the way to a supporter shield, and we'll see how the playoffs go. So it is possible to do that. I got one. Uh, I actually had deleted this because it wasn't actually didn't actually make any sense. But I realized it makes sense now because it was in BroadwayWorld.com. Uh, you guys want to make sure you don't have the same one here. I just... Yeah, I might have it. Kinky boots. Noonan and Curtin wife swap after final whistle. That that was it. That was actually a headline that I made and deleted because I realized I didn't really have any logic behind it. But after hearing all these Broadway ones, like, hey, Kinky Boots is a musical. I didn't even realize that. I was like, Boots, soccer. Uh, yeah. So good for them. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> all right opie lives god bless you uh, all for having me thank um, you jonah for, for joining a blessed easter rise together truly Just like <laughs> the big man <laughs> they don't call me jc for nothing <laughs> <laughs> man opie was hilarious i was so happy that I got to be a part of that. Yeah, if you haven't watched uh, the video, go watch the video just so you can see how much fun Kevin is having just leading Opie around as your congenial host and handler. Man, I really wanted to have like a whiteboard so people could write their own messages and get a photo with him. I had a lot of ideas I did not go with. Um, well, it's all oh fodder for the gosh. next time Opie shows up somewhere, which could be anywhere, so... Everyone watch. You never know when Opie's going to show up and ruin the good time. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, man. This game. I. How much? I don't know. We, we, we touched on it briefly there. How much do we want to worry about the offensive output of this team? Is it? This is a weird one, too, especially for the the XG heads when an actual goal was taken 
off the board here and i don't know how many of those shots get to count post whistle like does bariel's goal line block count and brenner's goal not count or does bariel's shot not count i don't know how that works but it's going to be tough looking at the xg when a couple of good chances are just taken off the board but i don't know are we chief are we worried about the output is there something to to stress out here yeah i'm worried but the mitigating factor in it is that like every time you want to get worried about what's going on there's always some reason why you can plausibly say to yourself oh well it's so like for this game Woboto's out and Woboto does a lot of the work that helps the transition and the break start and for a team what was funny about this game is that we play the Philly style the Philly style is we don't want the ball Philly didn't want the ball in this game. We never want the ball. So it was like, well, somebody has to kick the fucking thing. (laughs) And it ended up being us for the majority of the game doing not a lot with it. But when we're not playing against a team that plays the same style we do, Wobodo is kind of one of the engine pieces that helps the offense go. And he's out. So you think to yourself, okay, well, maybe if Wobodo's in there, Things are a little more linked up in terms of midfield play to the the forwards. And now we're going to probably go through two weeks where Lucho is out. So you're not going to be able to make any grand prognostications on the offense without him. So I'm worried, but I'm, you know, cognizant of the fact that they haven't had their best 11 on the field together a whole lot this season. There's always been one or two pieces that are missing at any one given time where you can look at that and say, yeah, you know, it's it, they get a little bit of a pass. But yeah, the longer this goes where they're only scoring one goal a game, it's it, it starts to be a little concerning. I'm not concerned as long as as long as the results are coming. Um, and actually, to, I'm just going to make the point that Chief just made, which is they haven't started the best 11 one time this year. Uh, Arias was hurt to start the year, right? So, Renner didn't start game one. That's what it was. And then yeah. Arias didn't start until this past weekend. But obviously, Roboto was out. Right, um, right. So. Damn. And, you know, teams are. Teams are, you know, trying. They're trying affirmatively to shut down our big three. Um, I should have done more research, but I didn't. Um, I feel like I feel like Acosta is probably still doing a lot of like shot creating actions, doing a lot of dangerous things. Um, Brenner should have gotten on the end of a cross from Vasquez uh, in that game that he just whiffed on. That would have been, I yeah, think, it's a great cross. It's a it's a it's a goal. You know, ten out of ten times. Yeah. Um, the defense is really good, and I think that that's. That's probably the most repeatable thing the team has been doing. Um, so I, I still believe in the I still believe in the talent that we have uh, in in the attack. I think that when everybody's everybody's healthy, we get a few games with the best eleven together. Um, it's going to come. And then yeah. you look at like the Chicago game. You know, yeah. when they needed to put up goals, they put up goals. Like, the game was otherwise a disaster. But, like, when it became, we need to get goals, they did. And they could have, yeah. they would have won that game if they'd gotten a, 
reasonable amount of stoppage time. <laughs> I firmly right. believe. Right. The uh, the Houston game comes to mind as well. The the season opener where it always felt like they were just only ever going to do just enough to win uh, that game, and and that's what happened in that one. All right. Uh, so how your- much, Kevin? Oh. Real fast, real fast. I do want to say it because I pulled it up. Lucho Acosta is currently fifth in MLS's key passes uh, metric. Barial, seventh. So there you go. Uh, go. All right, Chief, what do you got? How much do you buy the idea that, and this is something that Noonan talked about in the preseason, and I, I feel like we might be seeing this play out right now, that as the team that is preseason favorite for the Supporters' Shield or one of the preseason candidates for the Supporters' Shield, now top of the table overall in the league i think yes that now we're getting everybody's best punch whereas Mm. last year and in previous years we were a game that nobody had circled or nobody had as oh this is an important matchup for anyone we were just a regular ass game in the regular season and now you know we're the hunted a little bit to a certain extent i don't know do you think that's at play here at all i do i also think Again, it's early in the season, right? But if I can list off all of the teams that are currently bottom of the Eastern Conference, Montreal, Charlotte, DC United, Miami, Red Bull, Philadelphia Union. That's bottom up non-playoff spot. We have played two of those. So we are playing, I mean, obviously playoff spots are very large. Uh, Toronto is up next there in ninth place. We haven't played most of the bad teams at the early point in the season. And uh, glancing over at the Western Conference, uh, I got nothing. <laughs> like we, we, don't, we don't have any of those guys. Uh, Houston is pretty high up the table it turns out um they might actually be a much better much improved team not the wooden spoon contender that we thought they were to start the year so i do think it's a combination of exactly what you said that people are ready to give us uh their best punch that we are a big game we're a big team um it makes you know it it gets them up for the game but i also think just the the stretch of games we've played have all been pretty good good teams um i'd imagine the majority of the teams we played are hosting play well <laughs> everybody's hosting playoff games that so doesn't matter anymore um there are going to be top sides of the the playoff bracket seeds so yeah i think it's a little bit of both of those things the only team the only teams we've played that are outside of the playoff picture today are philadelphia and miami and you know they're they're right there. Um, yeah. And then uh, I do. I also want to point out a couple of things. So Nashville, we beat. They've given up two goals this year. Two Jesus. goals in seven games. One they of can't those, score, but yeah, they right. don't give them up. <laughs> um, one, of, one of those goals we scored. Yeah. Um, Seattle has given up three goals all season. One of those we scored. And scored uh, 15, by the way, that ties the league leaders. And they didn't score any on us. Uh, and then Houston, uh, kind of a surprising team this year. Uh, they've only given up seven goals in six games. We've scored two of them. Yeah. You know, so like, it's not like we're not producing against good defenses and good teams. Uh, so. 
Yeah. You scored nearly half of the goals that Chicago's give up. Sheesh. That is crazy that, yeah. And, and again, seven games, small sample size, and the table may very well end up completely flipped by the end of the year. But um, early indications would say that on, on this early form, FCC's been playing better teams than average. So, yeah, I mean, I know uh, Columbus got to beat up on Atlanta when they were missing, I think, literally 15 players for international break and injury um, and then got to play a bad RSL team. And so, yeah, they they score a bunch of goals. Their goal difference spikes up and they look good. And we sit there and go, oh, man, why are we just winning by one? Well, if we got to play teams with half of their available roster, I think we'd do pretty good, too. So um, we say that and we've done that a couple of times and still only won <laughs> one nil, which is I guess that's all that goes back to that, yeah, you know, the yeah. dipshit Tana Waltz comment where you should be doing better against these depleted teams, these rotated teams. I mean, you're winning. I mean, they to a certain extent, the defense, they no. didn't rotate the defense and they packed it in. Yeah, like they played more defenders than they usually do. They had all of their best defensive players on the field. Yeah, uh, and and if the MLS Illuminati are to be believed, Curtin's the best coach in the league, and and probably the leading contender outside of Burhalter to lead the national team in the next cycle. And yeah, I don't know. I'd expect his teams to play pretty well if that's the case. So yeah, I'm not worried. Worry is the wrong word. It's, yeah. it's like it's it's I'm keeping my eye on it and I want to see I want to see the breakout. I want to see at some point I want to see it happen. But like I said, I'm going to lose Lucho for two weeks, which is massive or I mean, what they say, one to two weeks and we'll find one out to more. Two. Yeah, turn into like 10. Yeah, it always does. <laughs> no, but I, one now to you two. sound like me. Yeah, I was gonna <laughs> say that's one, a one cheap take. That's my take. <laughs> one to two. <laughs> Who do you replace Lucha with, and do should we just accept that it's Angulo now? Yeah, it's, I mean, <laughs> who else? The you drop Brenner deep and put Santos up top. Yeah, <sighs> I mean, I think you got to consider that. To be honest, I think you got to consider Brenner at the top and start Santos and Vasquez together. But I don't think it's what's good. I don't think it's what we're going to see, but I think yeah. I think it you wouldn't, should consider it. It wouldn't surprise me if that's the option that happens later in the game. They like bringing they seem to like bringing Santos on yeah, as right. the sub late um so maybe it's a situation where you play uh Angulo but you're ready to make that Santos sub in the 60th minute, 65th minute knowing that that'll drop Brenner down into the 10 at that point, if you need to push for a goal. Um, I just think that there's, it, it's fun that at least and fun is the wrong word here, but <laughs> at least they've been giving Angulo these minutes and you have to hope that there's development that's happening on the training ground. And like I said, I thought he looked better this week than he did last week. And it's a better situation having to do this now than it would have been if he hadn't been getting minutes, hadn't been getting that opportunity on the field to at least get his feet wet in the league before having to step in for the most important player on the FC Cincinnati roster. Yeah, I completely agree. He's the Lucho doesn't need his hands. He doesn't. He can play in a sling. Be... There we go. There's the bargaining. <laughs> All right. Here's the question: Lucho playing in a sling or Angulo fully fit? Who's more talented? Will Slucho in a sling? 
Yeah. I still tip it to Lucho. <laughs> I guess the only concern there is, is do I risk injuring Lucho more so that he would be out longer if he falls or is tackled in such a way that he can't brace himself? And The answer is clearly no. And I do think that's why, you, especially at this point in the season, you said act, it. act a little cautious. But, man, <laughs> I, I really don't want to lose to St. Louis. No. Yeah, that's the killer. That's the next opponent, St. Louis, uh, who has finally started to look mortal, started to look like an expansion team. Uh, can you, losing can you, back to can back. Can you imagine the nutmegs Lucho would try if he doesn't have use of his hands and he needs to get the ball around someone some other way? <laughs> it's like nutmegging is now his only hope. oh man he can't go to ground he can't (laughs) use his arms to get around you his only option is to go through it's like a like a remake or a version of the movie speed but it's the only way he can get better (laughs) i'd watch fuck it (laughs) i think we do every saturday actually (laughs) he um I don't know uh, how many people have watched this, and if you haven't, go check it out. It, it was actually pretty good content. Um, FCC, before the uh, the Apple thing released, they, they'd cut a bunch of these little player interviews. And Lucho says in his little interview that one of the things he does try to do in games is nutmeg guys. That, like, that is, that is actually a thing <laughs> that he It's not your imagination. Yes. <laughs> they really should keep it as an official stat. I don't know why MLS hasn't embraced this. Um, because he we should would do clearly it the, we be should, leading. We should do it in the Bailey. We're like, you know how they turn the K's over at yes. uh, the ballpark for when somebody strikes somebody out? We should have like the nutmeg or just just a <laughs> nuts and just turn it over. <laughs> the pumpkin spice lattes. <laughs> Each one. <laughs> We're bringing PSLs to TQL. <laughs> oh, my God. We didn't really talk uh, about it when Jonah was on. Um, please. I do want to make sure that we give some credit to the back line again was just yes. fucking phenomenal miazga yes. haglin mascara uh arias it was fantastic everyone's defending was on point and i understand that like yeah they weren't playing their best attackers philly was playing their best defense not their best attacking players and i i do kind of agree with jonah where he said when philly would venture forward it had a bit of a usl flair to it or a yes. 2019-2020 fc cincinnati look to it but man they're just the the quality of play that the back line is giving this team right now is something else but they held it up when Philly brought in all their players with fresh legs. Sure did. You know, so I I don't want to take anything away because of how Philly chose to play the game. I mean, Philly, Jim Curtin came in and he's like, I don't care about scoring for at least the first hour of this game. I only care that FC Cincinnati doesn't score. And that plan failed. it worked. No, it failed. We scored. Oh, well, we scored once they sub guys, I should say. Right, right. It works um, before the they plan, put in the good players. Yeah, if the plan was to keep it close enough that they could win it in the last half hour, the plan worked for the first hour, and then it failed yeah. when they needed to turn it on, basically. Yes, yes. Yeah. And, um, but I, would, I just had, I just couldn't, I couldn't avoid this intrusive thought, watching Mascara chase down guys and win every header and 
play really well, you know, with his feet coming coming forward and watching um, you know, Haglin just look at me, Asga. <laughs> pass to me, Asga. <laughs> and then thinking back to the game we didn't have Haglin. And what happened then? And I was like, I know Albright has said he's happy with where the team is. Mm. <laughs> they need another center back. Yeah. Because I, their their center backs have been so important this year. And yeah. they don't have a look without those three guys on the field. And outside of Haglin's red card, I can't even remember a time where they've been subbed out. I think these guys have played every minute they've been available. I'm sure uh, one of Moscara or Miazga's I, been subbed. Yeah, I think Miazga's played like every minute. And Mosquera yeah. has played all but like ten or fifteen minutes. Right. Okay. Uh, Mus- yeah, Mosquera came out against Seattle, and he like just very briefly, and he might have come out another. Then okay. Haglin obviously missed, um, missed a game. Yeah, these are change. Iron Man numbers, though. Like there does need to be some reinforcements. No, they de- they desperately need to make some sort of an addition on the center back side, just because it's it, it is they're going to have to rotate. They're going to have to give Miazga minutes off. They're going to have to give Hagland minutes off. These guys are not kids. They're not. They're not old by any stretch of the imagination. But it, it's an unsustainable business model to keep playing these guys game after game. And I believe in I believe in Ian Murphy's talent and potential for sure. Um, the problem is like, I'm not, I'm not trying to drop points. Yeah. You know, like they're, this is a, this is potentially a supporter shield season, you know, like, I don't, I don't think we need to be giving developmental minutes. I, I mean, obviously there's necessity because of injuries and things, but your plan can't be, we're going to take our lumps and give developmental minutes to Ian Murphy whenever we have to spell Miazga, Hagland, or Mosquera. I mean, there has to be another. Yeah, especially when given the fact that the MLS Next Pro team has had another year to exist and to better flesh out. I know that they were sort of scrambling last year and it wasn't an ideal situation, but now uh, we're another year into that project. And if you are trying to get these guys game time minutes against, I mean, really their peers and the guys that they'll ideally be playing against in the league in the next couple of years, they have that outlet now. So I don't think the need for game time is as intense with that project up and running. Uh, But let me ask you guys this. If, for whatever reason, the opportunity came, and we know we're selling Brenner at some point, is Mosquera worth a DP contract in MLS? I've been thinking about this. He is such a game changer that he really, he challenges the notion that you would never give a a center back a DP contract. Generally, that's been a bad move in MLS. Walker Zimmerman appears to be the only example I can think of that's been a successful move. The answer is theoretically, I don't know. He's trending towards being that talent level. The problem is, is on this team, if you give him a DP deal, 
that means that you have a DP center back, a DP defensive mid, mm. and two of your defensive two of your DPs are on the defensive side of the formation. And historically in this league, your DP talent needs to produce goals. You you've, right. you've got to have DP talent producing goals. And especially with the way this team is constructed, you're going to be losing a TAM striker that plays at DP level when he's playing theoretically and a DP striker. You, you have to invest that on the offensive side of the ball. I don't think there's any way around it. I also don't think for what it's worth, Mascara is going to be available if he continues playing yeah. this way. If he continues playing this way, Wolves are going to take him and Wolves are going to sell him for a massive profit somewhere, or he's going to be playing for Wolves. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, I don't think there's a world where he does play for us. It's just an interesting hypothetical given how good he's been. Um, I think that if it was just replacing Brenner and Vasquez was like Stayed. Chris Wondolowski, who's like 28, 29 years old, Right. right. Um, I would, I would, I would think it may, it would make more sense because I would like your odds of relying on Vasquez's productivity, replacing Brenner with Santos in the near term, and finding another Cam or U twenty two striker who could do the job, or you could develop. Um, but I think we we expect both Brenner and Vasquez to be. Um, gone you know by the end of this calendar year yeah i don't see how you i don't see how you can how you can expect to replace both of those guys without bringing in without having that dp spot yeah and um i think you know like mascara could be a U22 player. They could true. do a U22 deal if they can keep his salary under 650 a year. Um, from the probably fake information I can find online, it sounds like his salary is you know under that with a little bit of room to give him okay. a raise if we if we if we need to. I mean, we, you would need to give him some kind of raise. I was going to say, um, he might already be making that. I don't know exactly yeah, how lucrative yeah, yeah. those I mean, Premier League contracts are. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't like, I, don't trust, I don't trust the information that you like find by Googling, but it just, right. you know, it's a fun exercise to do it. Um, Makes you feel like you did some real work and some research. Yeah, a little elbow right, grease right. into it. Uh, and you could, if, if Wolves were willing to sell him for like $4 million, Maybe you could sign him to a five-year contract, spread the four over five years, and then you still have eight nine hundred thousand dollars to pay him in salary, and it's like a max TAM contract. But I don't know if you have enough <laughs> TAM for like max TAM contracts for both Miazga and Mosquera, and then also TAM contract. I assume for Vasquez. Uh, well, Vasquez, but also oh. I think uh, Santos still might be. Oh, on a TAM yeah. level contract, right? Um, I don't know. I think it, I think it's it extremely complicated, and so yeah, I don't, I don't expect. I hate it. I, I don't expect Mosquera 
Yeah, just right. He's, here. he's already he's already dead. <laughs> to be he's already to dead to the end of the season. So don't just do not get attached. Do not yeah. get attached. There he's is Andy a, Kaufman. Uh, just enjoy yeah. him while he's here. Yeah, this is they're characters in a Game of Thrones episode. Just enjoy <laughs> yeah, what they're bringing to the table. He's they'll Oberyn be dead. Martell. Yeah, they'll be dead by the next episode. It's okay. There's a uh, the 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 Greek school of stoicism. There's a uh, mental exercise where you imagine all of your loved ones have passed on and it's your way of mentally fortifying yourself for when that'll happen. It's just yeah. to visualize the worst possible outcomes. Yeah. And yeah. that's a, how a, I treat Moscara. Yeah. Attachment <laughs> led Anakin Skywalker to be Darth Vader. Don't, don't do it. Every time, every time people talk about how to get in here, like I just did. Yeah. It's just, it's just cope. Yes. <laughs> right. Well, that's, it's where my question was really coming from, which was the only way we could do it is a designated player contract where you just break the bank and you tell him to give up on his dreams. <laughs> and but the good news, the good news Come is... Come on and settle, baby. <laughs> Cincinnati, that's that's the pitch, baby. <laughs> the, good, the good news is, like, low to mid-TAM, the track record for that type of center back at MLS is really, really good. Yeah. You know, it maybe just takes... A little longer to find those guys, but like Glessness and Elliot for Philly aren't breaking the bank. No, I think I think Glessness just signed a new contract. I don't know what he's making now, but I think last year he was on something like seven hundred thousand dollars, and wasn't he Defender of the Year? Yeah, both of them probably stole votes from each other for yeah. Defender of the Year, and Andre Blank I think even got a couple of votes for it. So yeah, so you can you can you can get Mosquera is. You can you can find there's more players available on deals that fit in the budget for Mosquera's position than for Brenner's position. You say that, but Albright won't bring them in. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> I don't know how much cap room we have, but I assume we've got a spot for one more good player and would really like that to be a center back. Um, oh, hey, maybe he could be loaned another year. Who knows? That's a good point. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're better off asking Wolves for their next Mosquera. Like, who's the next guy up for yeah, look next how well, year? Look, look how well it worked out with Yerson here. Just in the we like, pipeline, him, yeah. baby. Pipeline. Let's do <laughs> this. Who needs to give, give Wolves a call and just have a frank conversation? Yes, he's having a nice season with us. But it's only because he found his level. <laughs> the MLS is not a good league. If you have you watched these games, they are they are mid offs to borrow to borrow a phrase. Uh, this is Kimi uh, slicing and dicing dicing guys in MLS in MLS next pro. <laughs> oh no don't tell me that you're gonna piss off all of our honduran fans who are just always chomping at the bit to get kimi back into the uh the 11 guatemala <laughs> god damn it um guatemala you, ever seen, you ever see the you ever see the movie the birdcage i have not uh hank azaria plays their uh like guatemalan butler <laughs> and he just keeps saying that like they're intimidated by his guatemalanness <laughs> i love that guy um i don't know what else there is to talk about for the oh, game did i miss oh, anything all about the game no it was it we won one nil yeah. old standby it's glorious 
Um, oh, special shout out to uh, Lucho keeping the ball inbounds on that one player on the corner, immediately megging the guy as he stood up with the ball. That and was drawing just, a yellow card. Yeah, and getting a yellow card with it. Just Not one of the best plays. him a yellow card, getting Umbizo. Yeah. This, uh, this, this did one bring of the up, best plays ever. This did bring up a, uh, a pet peeve I now have realized that I have about soccer. I, if the other team gets a yellow card, you should get the ball, regardless of circumstance. If a yellow card gets awarded, the ball should go to you. I don't care if that's like they punt it back down to the other end and you have to start the build up again. But the idea that somebody can get a card for a foul, but then their team still ends up with the ball seems fucked up to me. And I never realized that it bothered me until last night. And it was that specific play because Lucho got the card, but possession had already gone out or whatever it was. And Philly ended up with the ball to restart the play after the card was issued to their team. And that seemed backwards to me that they call an infraction. They give a card, but they don't get you don't get the ball as a result of what happens. I have never thought of this before, and now I'm afraid you you might have just poisoned my brain, and I'll never not see it now. So, <laughs> great. Uh, You're welcome. I'm on board. I'll sign up. It, it feels right as well. So, yeah. <laughs> it's unjust. You benefited unjustly. Right. Right. It's like you committed the crime, but you get to keep the money. It's like, all right. Um, it's just it's like called white a corporation. Co- I was going to say, it's white co- <laughs> it's, we call that white collar crime in the biz. Yeah. Take this $25,000 penalty on your $200 million of ill-gotten gains. Um, coming up next is St. Louis. Uh, they are still near the top of the table, but not on top as they were currently in fourth in the overall standings. New England Revolution in third. That'll be fun. We'll get the uh, the Arena Derby again. Uh, glancing around the table as well. Turns out that Seattle team we beat, pretty, pretty good. goddamn good. Yeah. <laughs> as first reported ahead of the game, uh, big matchup, litmus test for the team. Another one they passed. Flying colors. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how we shake out the rest of the league. Uh, also, worth pointing out, because it's super annoying, Columbus Crew kind of on a tear right now. They're playing really good with Wilfred Nancy now, and uh, that is entirely without Cucho Hernandez, their big designated player striker up top. That's uh, That's a bummer. I really yeah. wish... We could have a season where we're really good and they're really bad. It's annoying that they're also pretty good. So just because now it turns hell is real into an existential crisis again. Whereas I was really looking forward to maybe having one of those where we could just rock in and curb stomp them. Just never going to happen. Oh, speaking of rivalries, man, this happened since we last recorded. We have to talk about this. I was about to say, I was about to say. Are we really going to do this episode and not mention that the Open <laughs> Cup draw happened and our old friends from down the dirty river will be venturing to TQL Stadium to play a match? This is exactly why I think it is perfectly fine and fair to say Louisville is still a rival. Like, just because we don't play them every year doesn't mean it's not a rivalry. We still are in a competition that they also compete in. And this exact situation is why you you fan those flames and you keep that bur- that fire burning bright because, yeah, fuck those guys. We Columbus, get to host them. Columbus was a rival when we were in USL. Yes. Like, yeah. I know they tried to downplay it by saying, you know, we were a USL team. 
But then we beat them and they tried to fight their coach. Yes. People forget. (laughs) Swung on Burhalter in Nippert Stadium. But yeah, it'll be nice to be able to host Louisville in our sweet new stadium. Um, Especially having just done it to Pittsburgh as well. I know they were sort of like a a lower tier rival in USL, but it feels. Yeah. Yeah. Just it feels work. really good to bring our old friends back into our new home. Be like, look what look what we got now. <laughs> Is it a hot take to say though that I kind of wish that we were playing this game in Louisville because I wanted an excuse to drive down and see their stadium? I was feeling the exact same way. <laughs> it's also one of the only drivable away gays like possible in US soccer. Like it's them or Indy, who was the other team we could have drawn in Columbus. Like same night, I should say, uh drivable yeah. game days. So um now with this game, yeah. you gotta run the first teamers out, right? At least for the first half. <sighs> you gotta just, do it. No, I think you I think you hold them out. And so let them run did. like 20 minutes to the end. That's what we did with Pittsburgh last year, where yeah, they brought they brought on sure. they bought Lucho, I think, <laughs> in at like the seventieth minute, and immediately was like, "Oh, oh, he's <laughs> way better than everyone else on this field by like Didn't... by a non insignificant margin." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Didn't that game go to uh, extra time though? Yeah. The it did. Pittsburgh game. Yeah. It did. I'm surprised you guys remember that. Yeah. <laughs> another another unfortunate casualty of the uh, Open Cup draw here in Cincinnati. Will not be opening the uh, Pitchview Club oh. to uh, to fans, so we cannot once again partake and watch Grayson mix red and white wine to make his own rosé. Slurm juice, if I remember correctly, <laughs> yeah. which was a great yeah. topical NFT joke at the time. It's absolute gibberish now. <laughs> uh, yeah, also the no, name I, of the soda in Futurama, Slurm. It's highly addictive. That's right. Um. Oh, I think this will be fun. I'm uh, I'm looking forward to this one. God, I hope we beat them. Uh, that would be nice for the rivalry. But yeah, now you I put don't know. put Brandon Vasquez in there and let him let him see the ball go in the net a little bit. Work out the kinks. The yeah, uh, get his swing like, back. Yeah, Votto would go do a rehab assignment in Dayton, <laughs> just raking. Yeah, <laughs> sometimes it just feels good just to win. <laughs> i can get behind that um let's see am i missing any other news oh we should probably address this just very briefly with the uh the apple stuff uh we've had conflicting reports over the weekend and now it appears the more legitimate sources and i don't know if this is did we corporate. talk about that we did talk about this, but I, I do want to say that since then, uh, more reputable sources have come out and said that Apple is extremely happy with the uh, the overall numbers. Uh, but it sounds like they want to improve the overall product faster than MLS may be able to move. Um, Another win for the postcast on that one. Hey, yeah, look at that. <laughs> exactly right again. What we said we said it would be crazy to be concerned about the numbers, but it would make sense if they were concerned about you know the quality of the content. Yeah, because Apple's historically perfectionists. That's like 
the whole thing. Apparently, the uh, the story with Steve Jobs is he was handed a uh, early prototype of the iPhone. He was disappointed with how large it was, and the story goes he dunked it in like a glass of water, and air bubbles came out, and he pointed to the the engineers and said, "There's still space in there. You can make it smaller." <laughs> so, like, this is the company that we're dealing with here. And they, then they, immediate, they, and immediately put that iPhone in rice. <laughs> yes, and thus an urban, legend was, an urban legend was formed. <laughs> Oh, man. It's a shame iPhones are waterproof now. We don't have more bowls of rice and people's phones in them. Uh, so, yeah, I don't know. I thought that was interesting. That I don't know. Again, like maybe they're just coming to like save face, but seems seems like Apple's pretty happy with. So I don't know what your guys' take on this is, but the big bitch online and I know Grayson isn't bothered by this because Grayson doesn't watch MLS. The big <laughs> bitch online with the Apple deal is I had thought that it was awesome that all these games kicked off at the same time so that you always knew, oh, FC Cincinnati's playing. They're playing at 7.30 on a Saturday because everybody plays at 7.30 on a Saturday. Um, but apparently people are mad online because they say that means they can't watch other games. So concern, not a concern. I see the point, but the whole point of the platform was to be able to go back and watch everything and everything existed in one spot. I do see the argument for having a featured game of the week and putting a game on Sunday night or an early game, if that's how you want to do it. But I do think a featured game on Sunday night or even an East Coast game and a West Coast game on Sundays uh, makes a lot of sense. Just so you have one dedicated game that everybody's watching. I don't know. Grayson, what was what's your thought on this? I mean, I'm not watching any other game while that, that, <laughs> that's well, the spirit. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I would watch I, I'm not watching any other games in the 730, like in the 730 right. local time windows, because our games at 730 um, and then I'm not home, you know, for the 830, 930 games. I'm waiting around for late night pierogi. So <laughs> like, but I watch like a four o'clock game. Yeah. You know, if you put like one four o'clock Saturday game and like one Sunday afternoon or evening game, um, I'm becoming interested enough in MLS that I would at least consider putting those on. But with all the games at the same time, which I agree, it's nice that all of our games are at 730. Yeah. Um, I'm not watching any other at all. And I'm not going to go back and watch them after. No. I think that the, the slot that they need to occupy is there needs to be one national game. Uh, the game of the week needs to be on Monday nights and they need to run it until the NFL season starts. So you have a you have a the Saturday slate and then you have a Monday night game because I, I somebody brought this up online and I thought it was a decent point was that if there's one game going on and it's ostensibly one of your biggest matchups of the weekend, then what little MLS Twitter sphere and social media sphere there is, we'll all be talking about that game at the same time. And part yeah. of what the league is missing is this everyone on the same page talking about the same thing. And you get that in the NFL because there are certain windows where there's only one game going on. You get that to a lesser extent in college where there's lots of games going on, but maybe oh, this is the only big game that everyone is watching. Um, so I, I could be I could be swayed to the idea that they need a Monday night game. 
You know what's interesting too is Apple is in a unique position that the NFL does not have the advantage of doing, which is they control all the media rights for all the teams. So what you could do is you could be much better about flexing better matchups. So you can do this a couple of weeks out, obviously, you know, logistics notwithstanding, and a lot of these stadiums are rented out for other events. They have other teams, totally understand. But where possible, if you picked a game at the beginning of the season that looked like it was going to be awesome, a Montreal, Toronto, uh, Canada classique, and in July, that looks like an absolute stinker. Yeah, swap it out for the LA Seattle game or the Cincinnati Columbus game. If that's a better game, do it a couple of a uh, couple of weeks out where feasible, and then that way you can ensure that your primetime game is always one of the best matchups that week. Um, God, can I you imagine? Ad- can you imagine yeah. how much the away fans would howl? <laughs> that I made plans to be in Cincinnati for a game and they moved it to Monday and all of a sudden my airfare is worthless. <laughs> but if you make it Sunday, obviously you'll still have logistics issues, but like you keep it on a weekend, I feel like you would have fewer issues that way. But yeah, <laughs> it would be a bummer with the away fans, but I guess the counter argument is there's so little away support right. in MLS yeah, who you're actually pissing off. <laughs> um. But yeah, I, I agree, though, there there should be at least one, maybe two uh, big featured windows. And I liked what they were doing. I don't know what happened. Uh, maybe Fox gave up on this, um, but they were doing a four o'clock game on cable as well. That worked well as sort of a appetizer to the night that uh, I think was doing the job, as Grayson said, or, or as Chief said, of getting everybody talking about one game and directing all of the energy in one spot. Um, and with that, I have one thing. Ooh, please. Thank you. Um, I just feel like I need to address this. Um, last episode and a little bit this episode, I went pretty hard at 50 year olds and, <laughs> um, and also the, and also the British. Oh yeah. And please. I will say, you know, like we have fun here, you know, and everything <laughs> is meant in a lighthearted manner, but I would like to apologize to 50 year olds. Good. That's very big of you. I, I, I like I, how I, I wouldn't not your specific position. this is, but yes. <laughs> uh, I apologize for nothing. The worst thing you can do after a take is apologize for your take. Stand by your take at all times. <laughs> I say double down. Sixty-year-olds, we're coming right. for you next. Right. <laughs> you keep that. Keep that up. We're going after forty-year-olds. How about that? Oh no! We're, Wait, now we're getting too fuck. close. <laughs> God damn it, uh, gentlemen! I think that's a postcast. Um, I will say though, as a little bit of a teaser, since we ended last Monday's episode with a teaser, uh, a couple of good guests coming up. If I don't mind saying so myself here, so I, I hope people enjoy the Thursday episodes. Uh, they they are not as well attended, I'll say, but. Um, I think I think we got some good episodes coming up. So, uh, yeah, enjoy this one. Uh, I hope you did. You made it this far. So if you didn't, what the hell? Hope you find your phone uh, wherever you left it. And um, yeah, if dissatisfied. Uh, please return unused portion for a full refund. And fuck the crew.
All of the music in this podcast was done by Jim Trace and the Makers, an amazing local Cincinnati band. You can find more information about them in the description of this episode. Also, be sure to check out The Post Cincy at thepostcincy.com. That's where we're posting our written content. You'll find a wide range of content there posted regularly. And if you enjoyed this podcast, please leave us a rating or review on your favorite podcast app. Or better yet, share this episode with a friend, a family member, a fellow FC Cincinnati fan, somebody you think might enjoy this content. Please send it on over uh, to them. We would really, really appreciate that. And if you haven't done so already, we do have a Discord server. Feel free to drop in and join the conversation happening there. Again, links to that can be found on the website or in the description of this episode. Thank you so much for listening.